0: First Peter chapter four, verse one starts out this way right here. It says, so then since Christ suffered physical pain, you must arm yourselves with the same attitude he had and be ready to suffer too. For if you have suffered physically for Christ, you have finished with sin. All right. I want to tell you something. When he said that you have to be prepared to suffer like Christ, he didn't mean that you're supposed to go around sick all the time. That's not what he's talking about. Christ was specifically targeted because of who he was. And we know that he suffered and he died on a cross. Uh, I think that's what the, the, the lyrics to the song say, on a hill far away, stood no rug across, the emblem of suffering and shame. He suffered for us. And he says, since... Christ suffered physical pain. Peter's sitting here saying, you must arm yourself with the same attitude he had and be ready to suffer too. As we go into 2020, as we go into 2020, we talk about living for God. I want to say great things are coming for you in 2020, but we have to be prepared and ready to suffer for Christ, just like he suffered See, we're not guaranteed a life of luxury. That's not what the Bible guarantees us. As a matter of fact, go talk to the Christians overseas. You know, the Christian persecution in the last decade was the worst it has ever been. And that's kind of crazy to think that way, but worldwide it's the worst it's ever been. See, we don't hear about all the news. If you watch the the main news networks and those kind of things, they don't talk about the Christian persecution throughout the world. If you go to China today, people go, "Well, you know, Hong Kong." Well, Hong Kong and China are actually two separate entities, right? But if you go into mainland China, and especially after you get outside of the bigger cities, even it's worse. They'll come after you. Today, they're cracking down on people who have Bibles. If you go to North Korea, you can't have a Bible. You can't confess that you're a Christian, or you'll be put into a forced labor camp, which means death, um, just what Hitler was doing to the Jews back in the day. Uh, when you go into many countries in Africa, the same thing is the case. So there's no guarantee for us a wealthy lifestyle of luxury. And, and I would, I would, I would submit this to you. Even if God gives you wealth, doesn't mean it's for you to spend all on yourself. We've got to be asking God, God, what do you want me to spend this wealth on? And, and I'm going to tell you something: the poorest people in America are, are richer than like two thirds of the world. The poorest people in America are richer than two thirds of the world. So we already are rich. We are blessed. We're blessed because of what God's done in our in. in in our lives because of how we have served him our country is blessed because we were founded on on the bible the bible was a founding document i mean it was in our public schools back in the day until for some odd reason after all this time that we'd used it we just supreme court says well we don't need it in our public schools that's that's not that that's, that's not constitutional so we took it all out right we took it all out and then we wonder what, what's going on in the world around us as it just continues to get worse and worse and go more ungodly and more ungodly. But Peter says, be ready to suffer like Christ. He says, for if you have suffered physically for Christ, you have finished with sin. Now, if you read it, the English right there, you'd be like, what? I, I have sin? No, he's saying you're finished with it. You, you no longer have sin. Why? Because you have shown people will not suffer for something they don't believe in. You know that? People won't do it. People won't suffer for something that's not true either. They just don't they won't suffer. They won't go through life for, for untruth. When they find out the truth, they're not gonna suffer for it. Now, some people are duped. Some people are, are told there are Muslims who have been taught something all their life and they don't know that it's not true. And then when they start hearing about Christ and it's laid out to them, they go, oh, wait a minute. What I've been taught all my life is not accurate. There are, there are thousands of Muslims coming to Christ all the time, because they're they're hearing the gospel, and the gospel, as as Connie said, it makes us free. We are freed people when we have the gospel inside of us. We are free. Now, continue it on First Peter chapter four, verse two. There, we're saying verse four today, chapter four today. So, I'll just try to say verses. Uh, verse two says, "You won't spend the rest of your lives chasing your own desires, but you will be anxious to do the will of God." So as we go into this year and we talk about living for God, I want us, if we're going to be, if we're going to say, I have, I have anxiety, I want it to be a positive anxiety. How about that? Can we say that? Let's be anxious to say, God, what can I do for you, God? You know, you know what's great about new Christians is they don't know any better. They don't know how to be religious. They don't know how to go to church. They're they're, they're excited that they found Jesus, and they got to tell somebody else about it. That's what it is. They're excited about it. As a matter of fact, they'll go into their places of work, and people will go, what's different about you? Something's changed about you. Why is that? Because when Jesus comes in, he changes us from the inside out, not from the outside in. See, when when new Christians come, they don't think about they're not worried about the external, but they're wanting to let people know what's happened on the inside of them and how they feel in the joy of the Lord, which is their strength. Isn't that awesome? That's why I love I say, "You know what? i tell you what. You want rev- you want revival, you you want to see churches grow the right way, get people saved." Get people saved. Connie was talking to a person this week, she's telling me the story. And he's, he's kind of down about it because his, a couple of his, the people that he has hung out with have died, and those people were soul winners, people who would walk up to people on the street or while they're riding their motorcycles would, would pull over on the side of the road and lead people to Christ. The, the joy that we have when we lead somebody to Christ. I, I say as we're living for God and we're, we're wanting to be anxious, not on our own desires, but we need to be anxious about God. Is there somebody you can let me lead to Christ this year? Is there somebody that I can pray with this year? Is there some somebody that I can counsel in the Word this year? Lord, What what is it that you have for me? What is it that you can... Oh, God, I just want to talk to somebody about you. I just want to live my life out in front of somebody. I just want to pray with somebody to, to, to get freedom in the situation that they're in this year. I want to be that. I want to be the moon, right? the moon reflects the sun. That's what I want to be. I want the reflection of the the Lord Jesus Christ and what he did in my life so strong coming off of me that that people will just say, hey, what, what is different about you? What is it? And I get to tell them. Verse three says, you have you have had enough in the past of the evil things that godless people enjoy their immorality and lust, their feasting and drunkenness and wild parties, and their terrible worship of idols. Now, notice what he says terrible worship of idols. What are we worshiping? What are people worshiping? Are we worshiping God? Are we focused on God? Or are we worshiping other things? What is our worship going to? Because if our worship isn't going to God, then it's terrible. Or as I say, terrible, terrible. It's terrible. Where is our worship going? But we have, we have lived, we have been around, and today we're around, the, I mean, good night. Flip on your computer, you can, you can get any kind of filth that you want, right? Turn the TV on. Man, I tell you what, it's, it's getting to where you can't watch a show because of the Commercials. We know what's going on with Hallmark and, and the things that they're allowing to be promoted in their commercials. Have we had enough of that? Are we anxious? Are we excited enough about God that we say, we've had enough of that. Let's, let's get some more of God. Or, or have we had enough of glorifying the other lifestyles and the other things that people do and just say, man, I just want to go after God this year 100%. My family and I—we have over the years—we've read through parts of the Bible. We've read through the New Testament a couple of times together in a year, but this year I'm, I've just said I want to make a commitment that—that that me and Christy and the girls that we read through the whole Bible together throughout the year. Now that's difficult to do when you got you got a you, you know one of them's working, you got a wife who's ready to go to sleep at nine o'clock, you know. There, there's a lot of things you've got to work around. But I says, you know what? you know, I know something. We're going to do it. We're going to figure out. We're going we're to do it this year. And hopefully, until they all move out, we can do it. I says, I just want to get closer together as a family and closer to God. And so we made that commitment with each other this year. Not, I'm not talking about just reading the Bible ourselves. I'm talking about reading it together. So I was driving home Friday night. Had to end up working late. Didn't get home till almost 10 o'clock. So I put my headset on. And I says, All right, let's get started. And we they started reading the Bible and put me on speakerphone and and we went through and read the Bible together. So that's a commitment. So what what kind of commitments are you making this year for the Lord? How much closer do you want to get to God? You wanna know something? The time is short. The time is short. I don't know when Jesus is coming back. It may be a thousand years, it's still short. You have people, you have family members, you have friends, you have co-workers. You've got people that you walked past in the on the street, corner or at the grocery store that need Jesus. See, we can look and we say, "Man, you know, church church attendance is declining rapidly in the United States." Or we could say, "Who cares what it's happening somewhere else? I'm not worried about what's going on everywhere else. I'm just going to worry about what God can do through me." Today, wherever I am, he said. Well, sometimes it's hard. I'm at work. I understand. We'll pray for God to open the door. You know, I when I was managing, uh, when I was in the financial industry managing, it was amazing how many people would walk into my my office and they would start talking about something, and then before you know it, they're talking about God, and I didn't start the conversation, but I would capitalize on that conversation. Then, you want to talk about God? I'll talk about God, you know? Uh, one of the things that I did, I had a Bible that was laid on my desk and sometimes people would start asking questions and I'm like, ha ha, got you now. Nobody can come to me, say that I said anything. You're the one who started the conversation. So we pray, and we say, God, open the door for me. Open the door for me to have these conversations with people even if, even if it's in an unconventional way. God can do that. Sometimes, like I said, it could be standing in the line at the grocery store. And smiling at somebody and telling them, hey, hope you have a great day today. And they're like, what? All of a sudden, you never know where that may lead you. Ask Christy, because it leads you to all kinds of crazy places. Verse 4 says, of course, your former friends are surprised when you no longer plunge into the flood of wild and destructive things they do, so they slander you. So understand, when you start living for the Lord and you're not doing the things that they're doing, they're gonna say nasty bad things about you. We talked about slander Wednesday night at at Bible study Wednesday night. Slander is something where people lie about you just to tear you down. They're slandering you. Let me tell you something. Count it joy. If somebody's talking about it, yes, it can hurt. Don't get me wrong, especially if it's somebody you're close to. It can hurt, but count it joy when they say, well, wait a minute. Wait a minute, you you know, you don't want to go out and do this. You don't want to go out and do that. You know, I've had people will say, well, you're just no fun. I'm like, no, no, it's just my idea of fun is a little bit different than yours. Going and getting drunk is just not a fun idea to me, okay? So my idea of fun is just different than yours is. But those those friends, acquaintances, people that you're around, I'm sure many of you have have had to deal with that. Maybe at a, at a job where they make fun of you, you just got to say, "You wanna know, know something? Praise God, praise God!" Because I'm I'm over here poking the hornet's nest is what I'm doing. You know that's that's what you're doing when you're living for Jesus in front of people. You just you're just poking the devil, and he doesn't like it, and so he's going to try to come at you any way he can he's going to try to come at you any way he can. Verse 5 says but remember that they will have to face God. Remember that. Vengeance ain't, ain't yours. All right? Vengeance is not yours. It's God's. Don't worry about it. They they they're tearing you down. They're hurting you. They're going to have to face God. And there's some people that you you may end up telling it eventually. Listen, you can, you can deny what I'm telling you all day long, but one day you will have to face God. It's okay to tell some people that. Some people need to hear that. And, and God stands ready to judge everyone, both the living and the dead. So whether, whether you died or you're still living, doesn't matter. He is ready to judge. And our God, he's a righteous judge. He doesn't have, the, he hates, the Bible says, he hates scales that are wrong. So, in the old times for for those of you who don't know in the old times, you know when they would they would want to weigh out to find out how how much something is worth, they would put like if you wanted to see the the same amount of of gold to silver, then they would ha- have their own scales and they would weigh that to find out how much silver you had and how much gold you had, and then they had the weights to make sure that those those uh that that the weight was correct. God hates that he judges. He judges out of truth, and he judges out of love. He judges out of truth and out of love, and everyone will be judged. So don't worry about it. It's not your place to judge. Just pray for him and continue to let God work through you. And believe me, sometimes it looks like, it just feels like, man, God, I'm just doing everything wrong, nothing right, everybody hates me. But you want to know something? If you're living for the Lord, it may feel that way. But just remember, Jesus... He was hung up on a cross. So when you feel like you're doing everything wrong, just remember, well, Jesus was hung up on a cross. Jesus was accused. He was slandered. He was taken before Pontius Pilate. He he didn't even try to defend himself. He didn't try to defend himself. What do you do? He says, are you the son of God? He says, you say I am. You said it, not me. He didn't try to defend himself. He didn't try to say, listen, no, 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 no. Let me tell you this and let me tell you that. You know, when you're living for God, God doesn't need to be defended. All we got to do is spread the love of God to people. And if they don't accept it, they don't accept it. You don't have to convince anybody of anything. That's God's responsibility. Somebody said this a long time ago. I think I've said it here a few times. If you save a person, you got to keep them. But if God saves them, he's got to keep them. So if you work it around you get somebody and you, you get them into church you you get them living for God quote unquote you do that no let God do it you don't have to don't have to do anything just let God just let the word of God and lead them to the cross and from there there you just help train and help teach and help pray but it but you can't make somebody stay living for God that's up to them 7 through 9 says, The end of the world is coming soon. Therefore, be earnest and disciplined in your prayers. Most important of all, continue to show deep love for each other. For love covers a multitude of sins. Is what it just said. We have to love. That right there shows people who we are. Cheerfully share your home with those who need a meal or a place to stay. We have to love people. We have to be willing to, to show God's love to people. And then verses 10 through 11 says this right here. As we're living for the Lord, as we're living for God, that's not just going to church. See, there's this there's this misconception out there that I'm in church, therefore I'm living for God. No, no, anybody can go to church. Why? Because a church is just a building with a roof over the top of it. A church in some countries does, doesn't even have any uh, walls around it. They're, they're meeting in Africa. Their churches are just a roof. That's it. And they're packing them out just with a roof and a stage. Okay. So coming to church does not say, does not mean that we're living for God. Living for God is much deeper. And part of living for God is this right here. God has given each of you, I'm saying this to you too. God has given each of you a gift from his great variety of spiritual gifts. Use them well to serve one another. Do you have the gift of speaking? Then speak as though God himself were speaking through you. Do you have the gift of helping others? Do it with all the strength and energy that God supplies. All the strength and energy that God supplies. You don't have to have it. You don't have, you don't have to go find it. God supplies the strength and energy for the gift that he has given you so that it will be effective and powerful and mighty for him. Then everything you do will bring glory to God through Jesus Christ all glory and power to him forever and ever so well, this was said to me about somebody attending a church they says well i just don't know where where i fit in where i sh- you know what what i should be doing in the church let me tell you something. If you've got that question, you need to come talk to me. If you're like, well, I just don't know where I fit into the whole scheme of the church and the whole vision of the church, well, come talk to me. Let's sit down. We'll, we'll talk about it. We'll pray about it. We'll see where God has you, what kind of gifts God has given you. You go, I, I, I don't know. I'm, I'm, I'm good at this over here, but I don't know if this applies to the church. God has given each one of us gifts. Some of us, he's given us multiple gifts, Okay. Some of us, he's given us multiple gifts, but we need to be prepared to use them. If we're going to live for God in 2020, we need to be asking God, God, what are my gifts? What are my gifts in in the church, and how can I use them to grow your church in Maumelle? What can I do for that? What are those gifts? He continues on. He says, friends, don't be surprised at the fiery trials you're going through as if something strange were happening to you. Instead, be very glad. You're going through some trials because of your faith in the Lord. And let me, Can I say something to you? You say, well, somebody's not attacking my faith but they're attacking me in a different way. Well, let me tell you something. The devil doesn't have to attack your faith as in the gospel specifically. He can attack you in other ways and use people to come after you in other ways. So when you're going through that and you're struggling through that, say, hey, this is not unusual. I live for Jesus. I am living for God. And when that happens, there are going to be some things, but what did I tell you earlier? There is now no condemnation to those who are in Christ Jesus. So don't let people condemn you for anything. Don't let them condemn you. Instead, stand on the word of God. Stand on the word of God that says, I am a child of God. What does that mean if you're a child of God? What does it mean if you're a child of the king? It means that everything that a king has is yours. The scripture says that we are heirs and joint heirs with Jesus Christ. Jesus said, these things and greater will you do. He says, all these things I've done and greater will you do. So don't sit back and go, well, I'm just not good enough. No, his blood made you good enough. You get that? His blood made you good enough. You are good enough in the eyes of God. Why? Because there's only one that is good that is God. And it was his blood from his son that made you righteous and holy, that made you uh, uh, made you someone who could enter into the holy of holies, into the kingdom. Why do you think that the, the veil was was torn in two? Because now with the blood of Jesus, we can enter into the holy of holies. We can enter into the presence of God and that's what I want. This year, when you're living for God, say, God, surround me with your presence. Surround me with your presence. I want to feel your presence, and you know something? He'll do it. He will surround you with his presence. He said, if you're insulted because you bear the name of Jesus Christ, you will be blessed for the glorious spirit of God rest upon you. I want you to do like Connie would do. Somebody insults you, I want you to just dance a little bit. Ooh, I'm blessed. Mm, yeah, I'm blessed. Hallelujah. Man, God's, God's just, He just bless me. Don't sit around and go, oh, my goodness. I can't believe. No, I am blessed. You know, people say blessed and highly favored. Well, I'm blessed and highly favored if somebody is insulting me because of the name of Christ. That's what I am. I'm blessed and highly favored. For the glorious spirit of God it rests on me. You know, you, you go, I don't know how close I am to God. Well, if people are coming after you, you got to be pretty close. Because the, let me tell you something. The evil one out there, he ain't he ain't wasting time on you if you ain't close to God. He's got enough stuff to do. He didn't have to waste time on you, okay? So if if he's if you're being insulted and they're coming after you, guess what? You are close to God. But it is no shame to suffer for being a Christian. There's no shame in that. Praise God for the privilege of being called by his name. Oh, you're one of those Christians, are you? Tina, you're one of those Christians, aren't you? Rejoice. Count it, count it joy that people would, would come after you because you're a Christian, because you're a Christ follower, because you're a child of Jehovah, the King of kings and the Lord of lords. Be happy about that. So if you are suffering in a manner that pleases God, keep on doing what is right and trust your lives to the God who created you, for he will never fail you. He will never fail you. This year, as you go into this year, this is the first Sunday of 2020, the first Sunday of the decade, I want us to go in the year with this in our mind. I am living for God. God doesn't need me, God wants me. I'm living for God. You got that? I'm gonna say that a bunch this year. God doesn't need me, God wants me. God wants you. God wants you. God wants you. He wants you. He desires you. He desires a relationship with you. He wouldn't have created you if he didn't. But what did I say earlier? If you, if you save somebody, you got to keep them. If God saves them, he's got to keep them. He don't need you. So when you go, I, I, I just don't know if I'm good enough. Well, he doesn't need your good enough. He doesn't need anything. He gives you and supplies you everything you need to live for him. He gives you and supplies you every gift and, and every uh, aspect of that gift so that you can be effective for him. Why? Because he wants you. He wants you. But what did he say? Or what did he say there, Peter said? But we need to give ourselves to prayer. What is prayer? It's talking to God. It's talking to God. We all have jobs. We all have relationships. And if we don't talk to those people, we don't know what's going on. They can't tell us things. If we don't talk to our boss, then we don't know what's going on. Unless you're rich and you're, you're your own boss, then I guess you guess you know what's going on, you know, because you can ask yourself. But this year, living for God, God doesn't need you, He wants he wants you. Live for God this year. And ask God, I want to go deeper, I want to live deeper in your word, I want to live deeper in the, the things that you've got for me, and Lord, I just don't want to finish off 2020 going, well, I wish I. I wish I would've, I wish I would've done this. I wish I would've read my Bible more. I wish I would've prayed more. I wish I would've went to church more. I wish I would've hung out with with my church family more. I wish I would've prayed with somebody on the street. Instead, say, God, I want to live for you. As your word is living and active and sharper than any two-edged sword, I wanna live for you every day that way. I want it welled up inside of me, living for me, and I don't care who lives in my house. I don't care who is at my job. I don't care. I know it's difficult. Don't get me wrong. I know it's difficult. Nobody said it's going to be easy. But we just keep on saying, God, I'm living for you. I'm living for you. I'm stepping out in faith, and I'm living for you this year. And people are going to see it, and a difference is going to be made. And I'm going to look back at this year going, man, thank you, Lord. I put you number one. I put you number one in my life, and I lived for you this year. Praise God. Hallelujah.